Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Could I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain what I'm feeling right now, guys. Let's open up that raid Oh, I can't believe USC is going to do the same thing again year after year. Oh, no. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Rain of Troy Radio, episode 407, coming to you on Friday, April 23rd. We're going to talk about the latest in USC football as always, and so much more here on this episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Reign of Troy. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Spotify, wherever you can find a podcast. We are there. Our bonus episodes are on Patreon, patreon.com slash Reign of Troy. Our email address is Reign of Troy at fansetter.com, and our phone number is 213-373-1USC, second What's Brewing Show. I'm your host, Meyer Castillo, journal with my co-host, Alicia Daratola. Hello, everybody. Hello. We are back ready to talk about stuff here on the podcast, mending up from our second COVID shot. Uh, I, I think that it's been a, a few days of feeling a little weird, but uh, it, it's worth the price of admission, right? Yeah, for sure. I was, I was talking to a friend of mine about that and just how... You know, uh, a few days of a sore arm, feeling a bit weak and nauseous on on day one for me. Uh, well worth it, absolutely. Uh, I'm I'm very very happy to have this uh, process done because I'm ready to get back to like life as as we know it. The sooner we get back, uh, the 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 better. So I did my part, and I, I hope everyone uh, considers at least doing their part as well. Now that uh, at least in the LA area, it should be very very easy to get the vaccine going forward. Yeah, for sure. For me, it's been a couple of days of feeling like I'm hungover, which is weird because yeah. I have very little experience with being hungover. I've only been hungover <laughs> once in my life. Really? Besides this, I guess. Well, I mean, you're not hungover, though. 
This is true. I'm not. But yeah, it did. It, it, I, I don't know that I have. Did I know you when you were hungover? No, oh. I don't think so. Because Michael is is I'm a lightweight on the uh, on the alcohol front. Uh, Michael has a really hard time getting inebriated. And so, yeah, I, I can think of a handful of times that you've been, you've, uh... Good, good, good thing to just talk about on the podcast. W- way to just go right into it, right? I'm just saying, I mean, the people, the, you can let the people in on, on who we are. <laughs> all right, all right. Go ahead, call me a heavyweight, even though I'm not sure it totally applies if I'm eating my Earth Echo Foods Brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health, LLC. Together, their Earth Echo Foods line, Cacao Bliss, is sponsoring this episode. And I can tell you that nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smoothie, creamy chocolate, knowing you're doing something good for your body. Alicia, your mom is a perfect fan of this. Yeah, my mom has been using this for a few years now, actually. Uh, She's a big fan of Danette May. And she swears by the stuff. She swears by the Cacao Bliss, which lets you uh, make and enjoy chocolate uh, in a very, very healthy way because they mix it uh, with turmeric. They have MCT oil in it, coconut, uh, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper. So you get tons of flavor packed in there while knowing that you're still staying, staying on the healthy side of the of the spectrum. You're not dealing with... Uh, the unhealthy or unnatural stuff that goes into a lot of chocolate products, no extra sugars, all of that kind of stuff. So yes, my my mother absolutely swears by it, and uh, it's a it's a good product. Yeah, it's paleo, gluten free, keto, vegan, and vegetarian. Uh, so uh, check out Cacao Bliss, and we here at Renatory Radio are offering up to fifteen percent off when you use the code Minute Fifteen. Go to EarthEchoFoods.com/slash/MinuteMedia to get the offer today. Uh, which, you know, speaking of Earth Echo Foods, this is the perfect week. It was Earth Day uh, th- this past week. How do you feel about Earth Day as a holiday? Well, I love the Earth, so I... I mean, I would hope so. I, I So I, I'm a fan of Earth Day. It's a good day to, remi- to remind yourself of all of the things about the Earth that we love and the things that we want to uh, keep chugging along and, and being beautiful. See, to me, Earth Day is along with Arbor Day, Armed Forces Day, uh, yeah, mostly those three that I'm like, I have no idea when on the calendar it happens. Oh, I don't know when it happens. I just know it happens, and then it happens for like one day, and people talk about it, and that's it, and then I don't know again for another year. Twitter lets me know, and uh, Twitter is good for that, and usually it results in a bunch of photos ending up on my timeline that I'm very, very happy to look at. Usually it, it's a time where I remind myself, oh, yeah, Yosemite is the most gorgeous place on Earth. And, uh, and you know, that I, I've, I'm, I'm a fan of, of being reminded of that as often as possible. Yeah, I still wonder when Mars Day is. I'm sure there is a Mars National Day or well, something like that. there's a Mars Bar. There is a Mars Bar, Spe- which, should you tell the people what you I recently just learned? Disco- I just learned that a Mars Bar is a Milky Way. And in England, a Milky Way is a Three Musketeers. So, like, if you're in England and you get a Milky Way, what you're getting is a Three Musketeers. And if you're in England, you get a Mars bar, you're getting a Milky Way. Which, like, I'd always heard of Mars bars. Mars bars are, like, things that were mentioned. I just thought they were this, like, chocolate bar that went out of fashion or whatever and you can't really get now. No, it's, like, it's my favorite chocolate bar. It's a Milky Way. 
except it's a Mars bar. And now that I think about it, just like the British have or everybody else in the world has the metric system right. And like we should all just be in the metric system. But like, yeah, a a three musketeer is closer to a Milky Way than a Milky Way is to a Milky Way. Like, first of all, what what an insane take. You want the metric system? Yes. You want to be talking about how Vimalapai picked up three meters? Yes. No. Yes, because then I can translate three uh, meters to centimeters to uh, uh, all of the, 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 the forms of measurement. You can measurement. do it now. Yeah, but what? by 12s. Two and, and by a half centimeters is... is, is two and a half. I don't do fractions. I don't do anything like that. It's just... Give me the straight well, centimeters by ten. Centimeters is one hundredth of a of a meter. That's still a fraction. Yes, but it's 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 all the same measure. The same. Um, uh, I don't have a word. I don't have words. But, for by these. the way, I, I I just learned. I just watched this video on YouTube uh, about meters and how I was always told that it was like this this fraction of like uh, the the distance around the Earth or whatever. Yeah. That was all like hypothetical bullshit. I mean, yeah, uh, yes. I didn't realize that until recently. And so in this video, it was talking about how scientifically it wasn't proven to have an actual basis uh, until like 2017 when they were able to find out some like crazy formula that actually puts it to like the speed of light or whatever. Huh. Yeah. Only in 2017. I mean. So, so even though we think of the metric system as being like this this scientifically rooted thing like it's still created off of this idea of what what relates to us which makes sense well, yeah, in terms but of spatial reality do you know what a yard, how they figured out what a yard was like yeah 3 feet <laughs> what what is a foot uh the the length of the king of england's foot right i don't <laughs> i don't think that's the case oh do you know what an acre is if i i think it's an acre yeah, an acre is like the size of a football field. <laughs> no, the way they used to figure out like what your the, your like your the size of your property or whatever is like from your house how far you could throw an axe and like I think that was an acre. I've always wondered is an acre square? I have no idea. I assume, yes. <laughs> Does an acre have to be square? Can an acre be round? Is an acre round? I don't know. I just think of things on grids. So, or, or is an acre just like a a number of of? Uh, Isn't an acre just a number of square it, feet? Is it just area? Yeah. Yeah, but a square foot. So it is, can be any shape. A square foot is squared. Okay, we're we're just gonna stop. <laughs> we're we're gonna get emails. I'm, we're I'm, gonna get somebody much smarter than either of our, us. Our email friend Richard is probably yeah, already DMing Richard us on, Richard's on Slack. Richard's ears are bleeding right now over how much we do not know about these, <laughs> these things. Yeah, so uh, let's just get into the news, shall we? All right, Alicia, we have to start off with some sad news, definitely, that came out over the weekend. Uh, Chris Brown, former USC offensive guard. Uh, he was around for a while on USC's football team. Uh, recently, only 24 years old. Uh, he is no longer with us. Uh, Clay Helton announced this, I believe, on Sunday. Uh, no cause of death is known as of us talking about this. It is incredibly sad. You put this on top of, you know, one of Chris Brown's teammates, Max Turk, passing away last year. Suddenly, 
uh, at, at a similar age, it is hard to wrap your head around. Yeah, just any time a twenty-four-year-old dies, of uh, in any in any way, shape, or form, it's just it's just so tragic. It's heartbreaking. He had his whole life ahead of him, and um, you know, I think about the person that I was at twenty-four. Like I've lived, I've only lived six years beyond that, but those have been such a drastic six years. Like, and I and I would hope to have m- much more of my life ahead of me as well. Like, it's just all of the possibilities lost for him and his family. I can't imagine, I cannot imagine what his family um, is going through right now. So that's just, it's just never the kind of thing we want to talk about, you know, like the nature of, of, you know, being a sports podcast, we expect to have to say that, you know, so-and-so died decades down the line from when they played, that this happens just a couple of years down the line from, from when he played is just, it's just awful. And you know, someone we've talked to. Yeah, some I've I've interviewed Chris Brown, and I I will always remember. Um, you know, he was he was a, you know, as far as I could tell, just seemed like a good guy. Like, um, he he had a good head on his shoulders. He seemed he seemed like a, a like a fun guy. And and the thing I re- I mean immediately when this news came out, the first thing I always think of when I think of Chris Brown, well, two things the. First two things I think of when I think of Chris Brown, one having to do with football and one not. I always remember the being stunned, actually, when I think it might it, it was the uh, L.A. Times, I think. I think it was Ryan Karchi who did the feature on him about his guitar playing, that he was a, a self-taught. Yeah. Uh, he posted a video of him playing the guitar. Yeah. And I remember the first time I watched that video. And like, I'm like, oh, they, they talk about how he's such a great guitarist. And I'm like, oh, okay, this will be interesting. And then you listen and you're like, oh my gosh, he was talented as all hell because he was out there just riffing and like not playing a piece of music, just letting the music come from within him. And it was just so beautiful to see that from him, to see that other side of him. Um, that is also a tragedy for, you know, to lose that element of, of, of him as a person, that, that talent um, in the musical realm. And then the second thing I always think of is Stanford, just that Stanford game where he was absolutely just one of the most dominant offensive single singular offensive line performances that USC has had in a long, long time. And uh, yeah, he had he had that that, you know, that that high point in his career was uh, was pretty incredible. I, re- I remember that game vividly. So um hate talking about a guy that, you know, just. 2017 is the game that we're talking about, and right. and now he's gone. It just it just really sucks. Yeah, you you mentioned the guitar playing. I saw the the thing on Instagram, and it reminded me so much of the the video of Junior Seau playing the ukulele before he passed away. Yeah, um, it it gave me chills. Like it was like the 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 comparison was there to 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 see it, and. Um, it's sad that SC is in the position to post these things, right? Because yeah. it, Junior Seau left us too early. Yeah. Uh, Chris Brown has definitely left us too early. Max Turk last last year left us too early. And that's plenty of guys. It's the it's the Fred com- Matua coming on the back of yeah, and and that's Kevin Ellison. The it's oh Kevin. I mean yeah, Kevin Ellison hit me, hit me hard. But it I don't know this one this one this one and Max Turk I think hit me particularly hard because you know i grew up watching kevin ellison and that one hit me very hard 
but it was because they were guys that I, when I was just a fan, sort of watching the games from that perspective. But like Turk and and Chris Brown, like these are the guys that were part of like my professional life. And that's just, uh, it just seems so strange to me, um, tragic to me that like guys that I covered uh, at USC in a, in a professional capacity are are now gone. It's just it's very very hard, um, very hard to process. And I've I've now had to process that again this week because um, you know I'm I'm writing for Fansided.com and I've had to write a couple things about Terrence Clark, the Kentucky basketball player who tragically tragically passed away in a uh, in a car accident uh, this week. So. Um, he was 19 years old. So it's just, you know, life is precious and we have to take every day that we get uh, and value it. And, you know, it's just it just really, really, really sucks that uh, that these guys have had their lives cut short. Yeah, I, I don't think that I can put it any other way than that. So uh, our heart goes out to the Chris Brown family uh, and everyone um, re- related, uh, the Trojan family as a whole. Uh, so now is when we've got to do that awkward transition and talk about other news, uh, which is going to be injuries out of spring camp for USC. Uh, Brandon Peely, we knew that he had an Achilles tear. He has had surgery. All things good on that front, uh, except it's going to be a long way back. Uh, an Achilles injury usually ends up being like an ACL tear where it's like a year-long thing. Yeah. So I, I don't know that you should expect him uh, this fall, which is not good for SC. No, it is really. I mean, Brandon Peely just—he's uh, finally in this position to like take on to be, you know to follow Marlon Tupelo to and and to be the guy on that line. And then this happens. It just—it's like the worst thing. Uh, he was going to have a big role to play for USC this year, and and I mean, f- who knows? Uh, uh, injury recoveries are getting better and better. Uh, as as the years go on, so uh, if there's a chance of him getting in and playing this season, then great. But like I, I think if you're USC right now, I think I would personally assume that you're not going to see Brandon Peely this year. Um, and I believe that he will have the option to come back. Uh, because now he's missed. He'd be able to get a medical if, redshirt. Yeah. Well, and and even like I think last year technically he could have taken that redshirt. Um, and then still have the extra COVID year of eligibility. Uh, so I, if he wants to come back, we'll see if he comes back. So but you're saying he could be a Britain Covey? He could be, but yes, he could be a Britain Covey. Yes, just the perpetual like in college and and you know, <laughs> ten years down the line, we'll yeah. still have Brandon Peely on the team. <laughs> I, I always think of uh, a couple of guys that, that happened to one Kevin Arbet. He had back to back season ending injuries. Um, which is really unfortunate to him because those are the two years SC won a national title, 2003 yeah. and 2004. He came back in 2005. SC nearly wins the title. Uh, we won't go into the specifics of that one. Um, but also you had Herschel Dennis who was around forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, another guy I always think of is Josh Pinkard, who I think was around from like 2004 all the way until 2009. Yeah, he had a super long career. Um, but I mean, there's guys that have gotten the medical red shirt. There's guys that didn't like, I feel like Jordan Simmons was around for a long time, even though he didn't get the medical red shirt, which is crazy. But, uh, you know, that's, uh, 
that's the nature of the game, right? Like injuries are realities and uh, it sucks, but you have to sort of uh, hope that he's able to, to go through his rehab and then he'll have to make a life decision as far as whether or not he's going to come back. Right. And uh, another person in that boat is Mo Hassan, who has an ACL tear. Uh, we talked about it in the car cast after the spring game. Uh, he had a nine-yard scramble on his second drive in the spring game at quarterback. Came up limpy. It looked awkward, and it looked like one of those moments where I, I feel like when people uh, tear their ACL, it's always one of those. It's one of two things. It's either gets rolled on in this nasty thing, mm-hmm. or like it's this it's weird like their foot just got snagged for a half second. And it just looks awkward. It's one of the two things. This is one of the awkward ones. Yeah. Uh, where there wasn't any contact, there wasn't any of that sort of thing, but yet he ends up tearing his ACL, which is bad news for USC because he was looking like the number two. We talked, well, looking like the number two, at least on the roster as it stood. We had talked about it that Jackson Dart possibly could jump him for that number two. Surely now that looks to be the case because USC is not going to have anyone with experience behind Keaton Slovis. Matt Fink has gone pro in something other than sports. Now Mohassan out with an ACL tear. And he'll have to decide if he goes pro in something other than sports or comes back for another year next year. Yeah. But uh, this is not uh, a good situation for SC to be, although a big opportunity for the freshman. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the pressure is now on because, you know, I, I was ready to predict that Jackson Dart would be the number two. But I wanted to predict that because I thought he would earn it. And uh, now he has to earn it or at least prove worthy of that spot because, yeah, I think that you get really excited about his skill set. But Mohassan is still the veteran guy that uh, that maybe you feel more comfortable leaning on if something happens to Keaton Slovis. So you don't have that same safety blanket anymore. And the pressure is now on both of those freshmen, too, because Miller Moss has an opportunity here as well as uh, as the offseason continues and it, the the margin for error there it just gets smaller and smaller with with Keaton Slovis and like it's the worst you know sort of tension that you could build as far as storylines go because we were already going into the season thinking well Keaton doesn't have a great injury track record I don't think anyone trusts the offensive line we're going to see some backups this year and now you're down to, you know, the one, the, the, the two reliable-ish backgrounds, back, backups that you had. Fink decides to leave. Mohazan gets injured. Like, it's going to be a ton, a ton, a ton of pressure on, on the young guys. But this is probably what they live for. I would hope it's what they live for. So you have to hope that they, uh, that they step up and, and take on that challenge because it's never been more real than it, than it, than it got this week, I think. Yeah, unfortunately for SC, Hassan, not the only guy dealing with a leg injury. Uh, center Andrew Millick went down the other day uh, with an apparent leg injury and had to be helped off the field. We don't know the extent of this one, but he's someone who's gotten a lot of uh, opportunities at center, especially with um, uh, Didich being moved around in different spots and, and Quinones being moved around in different spots. Uh, in a way, Millick is the second team center at this point. Um, but he's gone down with a leg injury. We'll see the extent of this going forward. Yeah, and again, this one, it's just about w- wiggle room here. Uh, if you want to go all in on the idea of Justin Dietrich playing guard, you feel a lot more comfortable if you have Milik 
in there taking center reps with the second team uh, so that you know that that you at least can turn to him if if Didich is sort of settled in at, at guard or if the 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 five that you choose sort of doesn't allow for Didich to take that the, the center spot if anything happens to uh, to Brett Nealon. He gives you options. Now you just you don't have that option really, and uh, and that's a, and that's a shame. But again, this is this is spring, and you will have attrition in spring. You just have to sort of cross your fingers and hope that it's not a lot, and that the guys who do get injured are not the can't live without them kind of guys. So uh, this is it's the reality. But the you know for the the quarterbacks and the offensive line in terms of, of positions that have very little wiggle room, like these are. <laughs> These are uh, concerning, I think, injuries to backups that potentially could have contributed and 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 given you some breathing room that you no longer have. Yeah, no breathing room, but it is opportunity and more opportunity for the offensive linemen to step up here. And we've talked about it before. This is the time for them to do it because we still need to see the offensive line take a step forward. Uh, let's talk about some new NCAA rules pertaining to overtime. Why? Because God knows why. College football overtime. I'll just immediately go into my rant here. Yeah, just run with it. College football overtime, one of the best things about any sport. Mm-hmm. The, the, the best way to decide a game in extra time. Yeah, the, the two best overtime methods in the entire world, playoff hockey and college football overtime. Like, objectively. Everyone agrees. Yeah. NFL people, they know that their game yeah. is garbage. Yes. They know that the that the college football has better rules. So what does the NCAA do? Decide to just strap a freaking atom bomb on the thing and blow it up. <laughs> uh, the new overtime rules, uh, starting in the second overtime, you now need to go for two-point conversions. It used to be the third overtime. And starting in the third overtime, it's no longer a third overtime. The third overtime just begins a two-point conversion shootout. You know what it is? It's uh, it's like if you took soccer extra time rules, where you go into you you do two periods of extra time, the first period of extra time, and then the second period of extra time suddenly becomes golden goal, and then when that is done, now you go into a, a shootout. That's essentially what they just did. Is we're going to do two periods of extra time and now go into a shootout, which I'll admit, and I think that this will probably be the case, once we see this in action, I think that this could be a very exciting element of the game. I, I don't mind the idea of the two-point conversion shootout, except that they, this is fixing something that wasn't broke. This exactly. is something that the NFL should institute to fix their broken overtime system. A hundred percent. what college football had already set up was perfectly fine there were no problems with it as far as i was going yes you occasionally had like a six overtime game those were awesome and also extremely rare yes well that, that's the thing Th this is a safety issue right it's it's to limit the number of plays um and to not put players in a line uh where they're going to be you know at Put out there too long, over overtaxed. I won't say overworked because they're unpaid. Hey, yeah. um, but you know what I mean. It's it's about it's about safety, and I get that. I'm all on board with that. But to me, this is not the way to do it, especially when 
you're talking about a six, seven, five overtime game. Those are so unbelievably rare. This is like the NHL. Um, years ago, uh, Duchesne from the Avalanche at the time sh- scores this overtime. I mean, this uh, this offside goal. He's way over the line. A insane offsides blown call by the refs. They miss it. People are so outraged. They institute an offside review. Now that offside review is being bastardized just like MLB review, where they're like getting these it's, microscopic things, using it for things that has nothing to do with why it was it's, created. It's the same problem in soccer with the institution of VAR. We had goals where it was a mile across the line and it didn't get called a goal or things that weren't across the line that did get called a goal. And everyone thought that's bad. Let's look at the video replay. But those and fix were it. rare. Like, yeah, like but those, those were rare. Those but crazy instead, misses so, were so. Super in, rare. So instead of just doing a very simple thing to prevent the crazy rare uh, situation, you blow it up, and now you're start yeah you know, doing replay review where you're looking at whether a guy's like armpit is offside or yeah. you know like it's is overreaction on the ice or off the like it's yeah ridiculous. But and all, that, all sports deal college football. I mean football deals with this in in, in the review in replay review as well. Yeah. But it's just it, it's an over over fix. It's it, and yes. it's a fix of something again that like okay if you didn't want. Uh, you, there were other things you could have do. If you don't want it to go into four overtimes, don't let you can't kick field goals anymore in the no, third. No, to overtime. me the solution is very simple. The only thing that ever should be done to to college football overtime is to make it harder to score. Yeah, start them from the fifty. Not easier. Yeah, move the ball back. Put it at the fifty yard line. Make people so drive. Then, so down. then you can't kick a field goal just yes. willy nilly. So you can't just rely on a field goal and extend the damn. Game, yeah. You make people drive to do it, and I get that. Okay, well, what if you did that, and then everyone kept scoring, and there'd be a lot of more plays. Okay, then, well, then what an amazing game you're telling me about. A that, or <laughs> institute a play cap that only like players can only play a maximum of 112 plays, or yeah, whatever and then the start hell the cl- number is, clearing right? the benches or whatever you wanted. I do mean, that first. Like yeah. it's this is insane to me. Such an outrageous overcorrection. Uh, so now, if a game goes one overtime, it'll be fine. If it goes two overtimes, you got to start doing the two-point thing. And three overtimes, it's essentially a shootout, which is trash in, in hockey. And uh, it, it might be cool to watch in soccer, but it's a stupid way to decide a soccer that's, game, too. That's fair. I mean, I enjoy the spectacle, but you're right. It's right. not a great way to decide a game. <laughs> so no, it'll be exciting, we'll, and we'll get used to it. Like, like I just I wish the NCAA would set out to fix other things that are problems with the game. Yeah, it's, it, it drives me insane. My my The crux of, of my argument here is there's so many things that we love about college football, and we love to talk this big game about, well, these narratives exist at least. I'm not saying necessarily you and me, but they exist. Some of these we believe in, some of them we don't, right? People love to say, well, if you paid the players – the, the sanctity of the game would change and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. We love to, to make those arguments about a lot of things in, in college football, including paying the players. But when it, God forbid that that argument ever get made for overtime. Yeah. Let's change it. And it's the thing with the, with the Super League, right? People talk about the, the Super League over in, call, in, in um, Europe with, with soccer. Well, we've seen proposals about 
a super league in college football for years. Mm-hmm. And it and it drives me insane because this is college football. <laughs> we like college football yeah. because it's not the freaking NFL. Yeah. Don't turn this into the NFL. If you want to watch the NFL, you can do that on Sundays. Go put on Channel 2 and watch the damn Raider game. Yeah. It's not hard. I, we like college football we, because it's college football. Let it be college football. Yeah. We I mean I I don't know a single person who complained about six overtime games. I don't know a single person no. who complained about three overtime games. The, okay, the only thing that that sucks about six overtime games is some defensive coordinator ends up giving up 74 points. Yeah, and then that and it ruins their that Okay, ruins then their don't stat count line. the stats yeah, in overtime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How are they going to ju- so we're going to ju- the 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 scores are going to you're going to are you going to score 2 points in each of the two point conversion shootout things or is it going to be like a in soccer where they do the parentheses score where it's like 3 to 2? That would be better. <laughs> like I that honestly would be better. Like it's just so it's so But again, stupid. it's it's just it seems it seems so unnecessary. That's my biggest issue with it. It's like okay, okay, but why? Like I get the whole safety thing, but you you flub safety in so many other ways in this game like you know don't have players playing back-to-back road games then don't have them playing short weeks like there's a lot of other yeah whatever yeah and i give the ncaa credit for putting player safety the players yeah and and give them insurance when they graduate yes but like (laughs) i i get i take care of their long-term health needs yes absolutely (laughs) I, I give the NCAA credit because we've seen other legislation about limiting the pad usage in yeah. things like fall camp. So I get I'm super excited for people to complain on message boards about, oh, about Clay USC, Helton not USC using not pads having full pad enough full pad practices. Yes, can't wait for those. <laughs> yep. But like, no, like, yes, do all those things to 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 try to make things safer. I'm I'm all on board if the if the science suggests oh, that that, I- that it's helping. Great. Can, I'm sorry. This is a complete and utter, uh, uh, just out of nowhere, left field uh, in, introdu- introduction into this conversation. But we talk about things that people get mad at, even though they're like legislated by the NCAA. It got me thinking about, uh, I was writing about uh, Steve Sarkeesian at Texas. And one of the things that Steve Sarkeesian has done at Texas that everyone at Texas is super, super happy about is going good on good ones versus ones because iron sharpens iron and this is something he learned from Nick Saban and I just sat there thinking like Clay Hilton's been doing that for years but like people still find everything they can to complain about practices is going one on one like I mean, ones on ones is that a revolutionary? I mean, thing? I guess it's a Nick Saban thing. <laughs> no, I, I know that they're, during the season it doesn't necessarily happen because we want yeah. scout team stuff. No, I'm just like, I'm just thinking like there there are these like there are these like things that people think is revolutionary by like this is why this is how Nick Saban does it, so it must be right. It's like no, most coaches are doing it. The reason Nick Saban's so good is not because of that. You won't believe it. Nick Saban ties his shoes with a knot. The shocking. Does he put his pants on one leg at a time as well? By the way, what's the deal with that with that <laughs> stupid phrase? What's wrong with putting it on two legs at a time? I 
I, I, I don't know. I do two legs at a time half it, the time. Hold on. It depends on how the... Wow, we've gone way off the rails. Depends on how... Like, okay, so if I have, like, sweatpants that are next to my... That I've discarded next to my bed that are already primed uh, to just stick two feet in and Wait, pull hold, up... Wait, hold on, hold on. Are you saying that it looks like you've been vaporized? Like, like Yeah, like the pants just, like, <laughs> fell down and there are two circles in between that you just stick your feet in there right. and then... Uh, yeah, great. But like if I grab a, a pair of jeans off of the, uh, off, you know, from the from the, the cubby or whatever that I keep them in and like I'm putting on jeans. Yeah, I, I do one at a time um, just because that's the easiest way to put them on. All you got to do, sit on the bed, put your, your, your feet I down. don't know that it quite works with put like skinny jeans, though. <laughs> I, I can't tell you why I don't think this works, but I'm pretty sure my experience with skinny jeans is... You just got to go one at a, one one at a time. You got to get it at least up to your knees, and then so one calf at a time. I think is what I would say that I do for pants. All right, sure. Yeah, one calf at a time. So that would be like decaf jeans. No, that that one no. did not work. No. Uh, let's let's go to <laughs> let's go to Stu Mandel's plan to fix uh, the Pac-12. Uh, this is tweeted out by The Athletic, and a link to his article. Go read it over on The Athletic if you're a subscriber. Uh, and it's worth being a subscriber, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. As one myself. We're not supported by The Athletic, but no, we, I'm just, we I'm just saying. Anyways, uh, the tweet reads for the article, a bad Pac-12 is bad for football. Here's a five-point plan to save the conference from Stuart Mandel. Admit football is important. Sell recruits on the West Coast. Push to expand the college football playoff. Embrace streaming and revitalize the L.A. schools. And there's a quote from Sonny Dykes, quote, While I was there, it seemed like the brand deteriorated. It's a tough word. It is. There's 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 some oddly placed vowels in there. And yeah, it's it's not an easy one. Yeah. Deteriorated every single year, says Sonny Dykes, who's currently the head coach at SMU, formerly of Cal and uh, Arizona offensive uh, coordinator. Uh, Lisa, what is your takes about these five pillars from uh, Stuart Mandel? I, I think uh, I'd, I'd encourage everyone to go read the article because I think he does a really good job of fleshing out those those five points. But I think it's also like I hope that the Pac-12 power brokers are paying attention to this kind of thing because I think the Pac-12 gets a lot of bad press. But like when someone like Stu Mandel is laying out some very just simple um uh reasonable ways that the Pac-12 can can get back into the groove of things. I think it, it it I think it's just the kind of thing that like I hope they're taking notice of this. And I hope that that uh you know the the revitalizing of the LA schools like that's on the LA schools, right? Like that's on USC and UCLA to get their crap together. And for once like I know that our UCLA friends seem very confident in, in, in Jarmond as their athletic director. I know that uh, you and I have are complimentary of, of what Mike Bone has done so far as athletic director at USC. Um, I know there are a lot of people who hate him for one very specific reason, but I think there's more to it than that. And I think that if you really if you really do want the Pac-12 to be strong, yes, it, it does matter that USC is strong. And USC being strong means USC also putting football first because or football and basketball, because realistically, it's the revenue sports need to bring the rest of the of the sports together. You can be an all around, well-rounded athletics conference 
but it needs to be led by football and basketball because that's where all the money is. And if you don't recognize that, which is something that I think that the Pac-12 doesn't recognize, then you're going to end up where the Pac-12 is. And that's that's the the worry is that someone needs to drag the conference out. And and I honestly like I think this plan um, is 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 a really good one. The the thing I like the best about it is the idea of pushing to expand the college football playoff. You don't have to like the idea of pushing to expand the college football playoff. I don't. It sucks. I know you don't. But who will put who will expanding the college football playoff help the most? It'll help the Pac-12 and the Big 12. So the Pac-12 needs to go say hi to the Big 12 and say, hey, we're the most likely conferences to get left out of this any year. Like, let's be the ones that are that are making this push. Let's be the ones who are arguing for a, an expanded college football playoff to make sure we aren't left out each year. Like, someone needs to advocate for the Pac-12 not getting left out. And Larry Scott cer- certainly didn't do the job. So, you know... One can only hope that the first thing that the that the new conference commissioner, the moment they sit on at their at their desk, this should be the first thing that they read. Yeah, I I, I would agree with a lot of that. Um, I think for me, half half this thing is going to be on the schools, if not more than that. Um, because I think that despite everything that happened with Larry Scott and despite all of his decisions and and, and whatnot. Why is USC where it is? It's not Larry Scott's fault. Why is UCLA football in the trajectory it's been in? It's not Larry Scott's fault. So this whole thing about revitalize the LA schools, that comes from within for both schools. And like we've talked about, both schools have made seemingly good AD hires. Well, it's on bone and it's on Jarman to do that, to follow through and revitalize those programs. UCLA basketball just got to the final four. SC got to the Elite Eight. Those programs doing their part at least within the last month, right? Good. That's good. But, you know, why did Oregon take a step back after going to the national championship game before having their revitalization, you know, in the last couple of years? Because they fell off on their own accord by making Make the, 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 the head coach. Yeah. Right? Like, so many of these things to me are self-inflicted. And it's about putting these schools in a position to not make those self-inflicted things. Uh, I don't think a commissioner can protect all of all of that. So what the conference commissioner needs to do is what Mike Bone is doing for someone like Clay Helton. Mike Bone is not making Clay Helton uh, a a safety net so that way he can keep Clay Helton forever. That's that's not the thing, right? It's about making whoever the USC coach is give them the most resources have possible. Have them all the resources possible so that they can thrive no matter who that person is. Yeah. And if you're the conference commissioner, that's what you need to do for all these schools. The coaches are going to fail. Yeah. Most coaches fail. The schools are going to fail. They're going to make bad hires. They're going to go have up and down years. It's about putting them in the position to where they have some sort of a safety net and I think things like embracing streaming is exactly the thing I like because we've talked about this forever. Yeah. If the Pac-12 is going to talk this big game about they own their own rights and all this stuff, then freaking do something yeah, with them. Yeah, cash in on that. Yeah. Do something with it. And I know that right now, like, the whole over-the-top streaming thing has kind of gone by the wayside because even the WW, whatever it is now, 
uh, no longer has their own app. Like now it's in bed with some other streaming service, yeah. Peacock, right? But if that's um, what you but, need to do, then do need... that. Exactly. Get in bed with Fubo. Get in bed with, with Peacock or Paramount or uh, Netflix for all. Get in bed with Amazon. Yeah. Do whatever. Get in bed with somebody. If you find a sugar daddy, that's what your job is as a as a conference commissioner. Right. And, and your job as a, as a conference commissioner is to be the advocate. Yeah. Um, so, for, and, for the conferences or something that the conference has lacked, and yes. an advocate uh, for the the revenue sports just as much as everything else, if yeah. not more so than the other sports, because we've talked about this before. Uh, did we think that Oregon was a playoff team uh, last year, or the year before? No. But if you're the conference commissioner, you need to. Put on the smile and yeah. pretend, right? Yeah. Like your job is to be the advocate. PR people don't believe everything that they say all the time. What? Have you ever watched a, a 24-hour news network and the pundits from either side? They don't believe all that crap that they're saying all the time. They're they're giving talking points. No. No, I know. But like that's the the, the Pac-12 needs to have better talking points. But uh, to the streaming thing, to the revenue thing, like it, it does have realistic impacts on the schools though because and this is the you know we don't want to share the the behind the paywall stuff that's that's in the athletic but i will share hoping that you'll go look at it there is a very damning chart in there of the salaries that uh different conferences are paying for head coaches and assistant coaches and all i'll say is it's damning so like that is a direct reflection of how much money each individual school is willing to spend, but also how much money the conference itself is generating to allow schools like Colorado to counter offer Mel Tucker to keep him instead of having him go to Michigan State. Yeah, and the irony of this is 10 years ago, when the Pac-12 got that influx of money by signing the record TV deal that they did at yeah. the time, it certainly is not aged well, but at the time it brought in a huge influx of cash and they and what was what the was coaches, the they coaches they went out and spent a lot of money on coaches they went out money spent all the money on two things coaches and facilities yes and so there was this arms race for coaches and facilities in the conference you had washington state going from having paul wolf who exactly yeah to mike leach yeah you had um, the problem is arizona, arizona went out and got kevin Rich sumlin uh, uh sorry Richrod. rod yeah. yeah but again like and that's where the individual schools take responsibility because those didn't all work i mean no they but, worked, but the point but washington is that, state in arizona they worked out all right but the, the point they, the point well absolutely it worked yeah. for washington state but to me the point is we've seen that when the schools get the money they will go out they will it. go out and spend it yeah and so it's about getting that money um on the level with the other schools because at the time they were getting more money than other other schools in the other countries uh, other parts of the country were getting because they didn't have that TV deal. Yeah. Then they all got the same TV deal, well, the if problem, not more. And then it got to the point the where Pac-12, now that they can't compete. And the Pac-12 let money. it get stagnant by not doing something with their... Right. Like, the Pac-12 needed to make an AT&T deal happen. They needed to make a, a, a streaming deal happen. They needed to, you know, you, you sign a 10-year agreement. That doesn't mean that you sit back on your, on your heels now. It's, oh, we're done for 10 years. We don't have to do anything. No, you need to stay up with the times. And that's what the Pac-12 didn't do. So hopefully... Uh, Hopefully, the future is better for the Pac-12. So yeah, we'll you need to stay stay up with the times because not everything needs to last fifty years. Not everything is Dr. Arthur C. Bartner's tenure at USC, which leads us to talking about his big celebration. USC is putting on a celebration for Dr. Arthur C. Bartner's fifty years as director 
with a virtual celebration on May 2nd. Mark Hamill's going to be there. Dexter Holland from The Offspring. Mm-hmm. Love it. Matt Leinart, Mark Sanchez, Rodney Pete, John McVie from Fleetwood Mac. Mac. He's going to be there. Pete Carroll and many more on May 2nd. You can get tickets at uscband.com slash celebrate50 and help celebrate Arthur C. Bartner's wonderful career at USC and his tenure. This was going to be like last year and then yeah. COVID happened. So yeah. go out and do it. Support the band. Support Dr. Bartner. Yeah, we are huge fans of the band here at Rana Troy. Uh, they did us a solid by uh, by letting us use the Reign of Troy theme, uh, which is our 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 theme music. The intro music. Uh, to the the pod, intro yeah. music to the pod is is named the Reign of Troy, uh, and so like they the the band has been good to us, and we want to be good to the band. Uh, encourage everybody to to check out this event. All the proceeds are going to help fund the the band, their fundraising project. Um, they need money for traveling uh, to games. They need money for equipment. They need money uh, for the, I mean, th- think about how huge the band is, um, how much goes into outfitting and instruments and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, they need your support. Uh, if you're a USC fan, I know you love the band. So this is this is the best way to, to support them and be part of a what sounds like an absolutely awesome uh, awesome event with some absolute, you know, legends of uh, of of their sports and movies and and media and music and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, check that one out. Yeah, and I'm guessing if John McVie is going to be there, they're going to play Tusk. Yeah, that you know it. They're going to you gonna know play it. Tusk. Uh, USCBand.com/slash/celebrate50 is where you can get tickets. Uh, Alicia, let's talk about one of our favorite segments. Let's put let's put it together. Triple C. Call, cut, commit. We played this a bunch on the podcast. If you're new to Rain Detroit Radio, call, cut, commit is our version of what's what's your corny way of putting it? Um, marry, date, kill. I yes, think. marry, date, which nobody says, kill. but MF. And maybe we you should, and is. maybe we should do marry, marry, date. Dump so that it's not so violent. Sure, sure. Uh, Mary date dump. There you go. But it's call, cut, commit. Uh, we're going to talk about three things, uh, and then you're going to say which one do you want to call, which one do you want to cut, which one do you want to commit to. You can figure out which one goes for all of those MFK or sorry, Mary. I Mary date dump. Mary date dump. Yeah. Sure. Which I know that we we came up with call cut commit because of the alliteration, but now that I'm sitting here, we like we really it really should be, it really should be sign. No, maybe it should be enroll sign commit, <laughs> uh, or decommit no, 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 commit I'll, sign. No, no, I, I I got it. Sign visit decommit. Yeah, sign visit decommit. Yeah. Yeah, because when you're visiting, when that's, you're visiting, that, yeah. that's your your date. date. Yes. Yeah. Yes, but we'll stick with call cut commit because I do love alliteration and uh, that one works. Yeah. All right. So this is spring football themed, by the way. So we've picked three things. We'll run through this uh, pretty quickly here. Uh, first one I got for you on the offensive line: Justin Dietrich at first team guard, Jonah Monheim at first team right tackle. Or Casey Collier at first team left tackle. Of those three things, which do you want to call, cut, and commit to? 
Um, well, okay. So I think that I'm just going to come straight out and say I'm going to cut Casey Collier as the first team left tackle because I think that Cortland Ford is, it sounds like he's locked into that spot. I'm feel, feeling pretty comfortable with him at that spot. So I just, I don't want to touch the left tackle situation right there. So I'm just going to go ahead and no offense to Casey Collier, but just going to cut right there. Um, let's go with, um, I will commit to Justin Dietrich as a first team guard and cut, sorry, call Jonah Monheim at right tackle. Yeah, I think Monheim at right tackle is the interesting one here. I think it's very, in- I don't know what becomes of Jalen McKenzie there, but I, I like, Part of me wonders, like, would you be better off with Monheim at right tackle and McKenzie at guard, and then mm. Voorhees and Jimmins sort of battling it out? What if Voorhees and Jimmins both got kind of jumped here, and then you went, hypothetically, Ford, Dietrich, Nilon, McKenzie, Monheim? Maybe. I mean... Mm. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting at least. I'd I'd want to I again call that because I I, I just wanted to get a look. I'd want to visit. Right. But but uh, but of these you're you're committing to Justin Dietrich. Yeah, I think I'd feel most co- like if if Justin Dietrich just took let's say Liam Jimmins and 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 forced Liam Jimmins to be a rotational guy or uh, a backup or, or anything like that. I think I the could Abe Markowitz? Sure. Yeah, I I could be a little bit comfortable with that. Yeah. All right. Uh what's what's your first? I I agree with you, you by agree? the way. Yeah. yeah. Okay, my first call cut commit is Isaiah Pulamau, Chase Williams, or Greg Johnson. And these are USC's options to play Nickelback this year. Strictly Nickelback? Strictly Nickelback. All right. Because, and, um, and I asked this just as, as a background. Max Williams got injured. Greg Johnson is injured. And so USC experimented with Isaiah Pulamau at Nickelback. But Chase Williams has also played that position in the past. So if you're just going to be moving somebody around... Uh, or, you know, depending, I think, on Greg Johnson to stay healthy, which of those three are you uh, are you running with? All right. Uh, first of all, this list, burnt to the ground. Yeah. I, I mean, I get it. There's all the, all the right reasons to have uh, Isaiah Palomao uh, as a nickelback. But uh, let's think about it. He's a rock star at, at safety, not nickelback. <laughs> Um, you're just not getting it. Uh, so we're, we're cutting IPM. Keep him at safety. Uh, that, that's that's where he, he belongs. Uh, Chase Williams. I like Chase Williams' ability to be a safety and to kind of be a flex guy. Um, I'm going to commit to him here uh, because I like his ability to kind of be a, a, for lack of a better word, tweener between safety and, and corner mm-hmm. uh, to go back and forth. And Greg Johnson very, very much is that same way, but we've seen Greg Johnson be more of this corner uh, nickelback guy. I think Chase Williams' versatility I kind of like a little bit more here. Kind of vaguely reminds me of how Leon McQuay was used back in 2016. So give me the commit to uh, Chase Williams and the call to Greg Johnson because I think Greg Johnson, if Greg Johnson is in this scenario, your third option, assuming that Max Williams was number one, mm-hmm. which I think both of us would agree I, on I, that. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So if that's the case, 
that's a hell of a third option uh, with Greg Greg Johnson because he does have a lot of experience. And for your third option, that would be good good to uh, to have, even if Greg Johnson I don't think is going to be a revelation at Nickelback, he would be solid to have as a, as your third option. See, and that's and that's why I think I I agree with everything you said. I think my order will be yeah, cut. I want Isaiah Palomao at safety. That's why I think I commit to Greg Johnson because I know what I'm getting. No big deal. But I'm calling Chase Williams to you're find out because I think that could be. I think that could be very... I like the Leon McQuay um, comparison there, and I'd like to see it. Okay. All right. But I'm also uncertain if that will work out. So. All right. Uh, I'm going to throw some body parts at you. <laughs> wow. That's just got ja- violent. Jackson Dart's arm, Jackson Dart's legs, or Jackson Dart's mind? Call, cut, command. What are you doing? Oh, well, this isn't nice. I'm calling Jackson Dart's legs because I do love a scramble. Uh, and if you get to see that every once you, in a while. You said legs, not eggs, right? Legs. Okay. I, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I should throw a body part at you. Throw a shoe or something. Um, well, you don't have to give me that finger. Jeez. <laughs> okay. So here's my problem here. I think a quarterback's mind is the most important bit of them. I don't know that Jackson Dart's mind is the thing that sets him off, sets him apart at this point. I don't know enough. I haven't seen him make enough decisions in like real life games. So like he's got a hell of an arm though. So I don't want to cut his mind, but I don't want to cut his arm either. That's that's the irony here. (laughs) So I think I'll commit to his arm because I know that his arm is very good. And just cross my fingers and hope that uh, that his mind <laughs> is not uh, is not not good. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm I'm with you. It's a it's a faulty premise. So I'll, <laughs> I'll give you that. No, I, I I'm with you. I think that you want to be able to commit to the arm. You want the arm to be the mainstay there in terms of what he does well. You want his arm and his mind to be his number one and two things. The legs are a good luxury. And I, when I say that, I, I'm not saying that if he just stands in the pocket, that'll be fine. No, the legs are going to be what makes him someone who can take that next level. Um, and I'm not saying that Jackson Dart's going to be, you know, Michael Vick or Lamar Jackson or anything. No, but he gives you sort of that ability to get out of the pocket and make things happen like Sam Darnold. Uh, like you saw a little bit with uh, with Mark Sanchez, right? probably more so than those two guys. And I think that that brings an element that SC hasn't had, potentially making it harder on defenses uh, to defend, the, especially this option that, I mean, this offense that has things like read options in there, mm-hmm. um, allow those things to uh, to unfold. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think that uh, ideally uh, J- Jackson Mine, Jackson Mine, Jackson Dart's mind <laughs> uh, and his ability to uh, to, to think – uh, and be a cerebral player is what propels him to be better than anything else. But uh, we haven't seen it yet. Yeah, we'll I, just, I just don't know it. He hasn't had the opportunity to. No, so not at all. Not, not, yeah. a, not a knock on him. Yeah. Uh, number two for you, what do you got? All right, we've got uh, USC options at running back. So we know that they're going to go with a rotation, but like I'm a big fan of just riding one guy. So if you had, if you could just ride one guy there, if you just pick who's your number one running back. 
Keontae Ingram, Stephen Carr, or Vivai Malapai? All right. This is very tough. Because all three of them, I think, can get the job done. It's just what you're looking for. I do not mean this in a disparaging way towards Carr or Malapai. I'm done. Like, I, I've seen the movie enough times. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie is not their fault. The movie is... <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the way it was edited. You know what I mean? They they acted the crap out of a very bad script. Yeah, like it's it's not their fault. But I've seen the movie enough. I'm willing to commit to Keontae Ingram. They're they're uh they're Natalie Portman and uh what's his face in uh in the Star Wars movies. Sure. Great actors. The good ones, right? The <laughs> prequels. Yeah. Great actors, bad script, bad director. Yeah, like I I I, I think that Carr and Malapai in this offense are very mediocre. That's not, again, I'm not saying they are mediocre. I'm saying that collectively um, and everything that they're mediocre. Maybe Keontae Ingram will be mediocre in this offense too because the running game just doesn't have an opportunity either. But I haven't seen it yet. It's new. It's exciting. And normally that would be the thing that you would call. But in this instance, I'm just done. I'm willing to commit already willy-nilly. Committing to Ingram, uh, I, I'm going to cut Vi, I'm sorry, strictly because I'm calling Carr based on uh, a couple of those runs that he had in the um, spring game. Um, I disagree uh, while I agree. I am committing to Vi Malapai because he's my guy and I wasn't going to do anything else. I am calling Keontae Ingram because I am extremely intrigued after that spring game performance, but it was a spring game performance and we haven't seen it in real, you know, games for USC. So I'm calling Keontae Ingram and I'm sorry to Stephen Carr, but I don't trust his body to hold up. So he's the one that I cut. All right. My last one inside receivers, inside receivers, John Jackson, the third Katie Nixon, Gary Bryant Jr. Well, this is interesting because, um, okay, just straight up, I'm going to cut Gary Bryant Jr. as an inside receiver. Wow, okay. Because I like what I've seen from him so much as an outside receiver. I think I have enjoyed watching him be on the outside way more than I had ever, in practice at least, seeing him on the inside. So it's not that I'm cutting Gary Bryant Jr., I just would prefer to see him continue to grow the way that he has on the outside because we're talking inside receivers. So I'm going to commit to Katie Nixon um, and I'm going to call John Jackson the third. I call John Jackson the third because I think if you're going to get anyone who's potentially has the size to to do a Drake London impression, you're looking at John Jackson the third. Probably more likely I'll look at Michael Trigg maybe for <laughs> that role. But uh, but yeah, Katie Nixon. I think again another guy that we've seen mostly on the outside. But I think he can. I, I think he can probably just get the job done on the inside. And uh, I really want to continue to see Gary Bryant Jr. on the outside, and John Jackson the the third. I am intrigued enough to say, let's see what he could do if you threw him in there. Yeah, I will say exactly what you're saying. I'm completely on board. Katie Nixon's experience is why I think you got to yeah. commit to him, but. We've seen how SC thrives with having a Drake London type body in the middle, uh, which would make me want to call JJ three. 
Um, and, and I think it's less about JJ3. Specifically, it's more so about the type of Drake London. Like, I still want Drake London to be in the middle of this offense just because I've seen what he's done. I I get that in 2013 and, sorry, 2012, uh, Lane Kiffin swapped uh, Woods and, and Lee because Lee was more going to be more interesting. And I get that as things progress, you always want your best weapon to get more opportunities. And I get why it's like that with Drake London, but I think he can have just as many opportunities and be just as good in the middle of the field. He doesn't have to be an outside guy. So I would like USC to still have a body, at least like uh, Drake London inside. So, um, gotcha. Yeah, but as of now, the experience of Katie Nixon is who I commit to. Uh, last one for you. What do you got? All right. Pick one of these three. We'll pick these three who can get healthy. So when I'm saying cut, you basically give up hope for the rest of the season. Commit would be they're healthy the whole season. And call would be they're healthy for, let's say, at least half of the season. Wait, are, are you saying that I have antidotes to their ailments? Yes. Okay, so this isn't this isn't banking on them. This is giving me the antidotes? This is banking. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you're giving me genie power to mend. Yes, your genie power to, for these three players, you get to make one fully healthy for the season, one healthy for half the season, and not help the other one at all. The other one is just Okay, so this is completely different than injured. how I was thinking. But, okay. But, but okay. Okay. Uh, so Solomon Tuliapupu, Josh, Josh Follow, and, and Kyle, Kyle Ford. Ford. Well, this is easy. The cut is Josh Follow because I think there's, I don't think he's necessary. Which is ironic because I talk about old Drake London. Well, he could be that guy in the middle. Yeah. But I think there's other guys there that I think that it's more important to have Kyle Ford as a receiver and more important to have Solomon Tuli and Pupu out there at linebacker than it is Josh Follow. Not a knock on Josh Follow. Just saying that like those other guys I think are more important at their positions right now. Yeah. Uh, USC's receiving core is not as deep as people think it is. Uh, so that would allow me to call... Kyle Ford, and I will commit to Solomon Tuliapupu because, God dang it, we got to see this dude on the field at some point. Yeah, no kidding. I'm with you 100%. Especially this year when Just who knows who's going to be at linebacker. Give me a healthy Solomon Tuliapupu. Just give me the healthy Solomon Tuliapupu for one season. Let's just see what he's got. Yes, absolutely. Uh, let's wrap this thing up with a Slack message we got from Grumpy Oso. Congratulations to Alicia on her new position at fanside.com. Will you or would you look for someone else to cover USC practices? Yeah, so that's the that's the announcement. Um, I uh, this week uh, went started full time uh, for fansided.com, which means that I am no longer running reignoftroy.com, uh, which is the website. The website, yes. Uh, the pod- will still contribute there. The, yeah, I will still contribute to reignoftroy.com. You'll still see my writing there uh, on occasion, just less often. Um, you will still have the podcast exactly as is the Patreon exactly as is. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so my ability to get out to practice will be severely limited. Um, so we'll sort of still figuring out how often that'll be able to happen, but, um, it's, it is a change that we're, that we're going through. But, uh, for me professionally, uh, it was going to be the best, uh, the best opportunity for me to go, uh, work at the com. So, um, I'll still, I'm just writing about all kinds of sports instead of just USC now, um, which is what I've been doing for the past, what's five months anyways. Um, 
just uh, I was uh, taking shifts here or there and now I'm I'm full time there. So uh, that's the, the situation with as far as as I'm concerned, um, finding someone else to cover practice uh, that I wish I could answer at this stage. Um, ideally, we'd have someone running Reign of Troy and writing in that level of detail. And that person would certainly be a resource that we'd use for the podcast. Uh, that's just something that uh, I can't necessarily speak to at this moment. Yeah, I, I don't think it's it's uh, something that we can speak to at this time. Uh, I would say that if you are looking uh, and comparing to what we were able to do last year, where Alicia was doing practice car casts and stuff like that after every practice, obviously that has not happened this year because uh, of other things. I probably would not expect that to be the case going forward. Um, probably. Certainly not from me. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes as things go forward. But the podcast in general, the main show and Patreon doing bonus episodes, which we're about to record a bonus episode uh, on uh, Pac-12 stadiums, uh, that is going to stay as is. So uh, look for those things as well. It just might not be talking about specific practices uh, and whatnot on a at a sort of a beat level, beat reportery, reportery level. So, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, that's gonna wrap up this episode. Head over to Patreon, Patreon.com, so you can listen to that bonus episode us talking about Pac-12 stadiums. It's gonna be super fun to to chat about that. Uh, and uh, you know where to find everything else. Uh, remember, this episode is brought to you by Earth Echo Foods. You can go to EarthEchoFoods.com. Slash Minute Media, use the code MINUTE15 for up to 15% off Cacao Bliss over at EarthEchoFoods.com. Also, check out uh, the USC band putting together the Golden Legacy uh, events for Dr. Arthur C. Bartner. USCBand.com slash Celebrate50. That's going to wrap up this episode. Uh, Lisa, you got a final word? The final word is... Band, as in go support the TMB. Yeah, buy your tickets. All right, see ya. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. 
we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.